Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Almighty God, enlighten our hearts and minds to see you at work in the scriptures. Restore in us the compassion we see so clearly in the ministry of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. Hear these words. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. The word of God for the people of God. So we're beginning a new sermon series today, uh, centered around compassion. Um, but before I do that, um, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be bringing in um, a, a different candidate for the youth director job. Um, and today, some of you might already know that um, the youth had a really great treat. Um, the candidate for today taught Sunday school, senior high and junior high together. Um, um, teaching on Job, which I, I gotta be honest, um, I don't preach on Job unless it's necessary, right? <laughs> it's a good work, right? But um, I wanted to introduce, uh, just really quickly have them stand up. Um, Anthony Lavodi is the candidate. Um, he's brought with, it, stand up and wave just real quick. Um, and, and not having to stand up is uh, wife Becca, um, four-year-old Emmeline, and then sleeping sweetly in the nursery is 14-month-old Clara May. So we're, we're happy to have you with us. Um, compassion. Um, so I have to say that um, y'all know that we plan sermon series out. We try to be about six months out. Uh, we're probably three months out on this one. Um, but all the time, you know, it's not necessarily like a um, top secret project, but it always has a name, right? And the name for compassion was always wonder. Um, and I got pushback from staff. They're like, when the world does wonder have to do with compassion? And then it clicked for me just about two weeks ago that I I'd called it wonder because the motivation for this uh, culturally or, or kind of in pop culture was the movie Wonder. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it came out about a year ago uh, about a little boy named Augie. He's got um, some uh, 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 medical condition that caused uh, difficulty in uh, his face forming and so he had a, a number of surgeries just so that he can see and breathe and all of this and the movie captures a moment in time where he had been homeschooled by his parents but now they had decided to send him to public school and what was it like for him uh, not only to um, have compassion for others but for the other students in his class to have compassion for him 
And so um, I want to uh, try really hard to convince you to watch the movie over the next few weeks. And in that effort, I'm going to show the trailer. So we'll be um, using that story of Augie throughout the sermon series, and I hope uh, that if you have an opportunity that you'll uh, take a chance to watch it. It is heartwarming, but also uh, has some great messages around compassion. Our scripture story today is the story of blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus' story is told in three different gospels, very similar. They're all stories about Bartimaeus being healed by Jesus outside the walls of Jericho. In the Luke passage that we read today, um, Jesus is headed to Jericho, and he hears someone crying out, Son of David, Son of David, heal me. And so Jesus, uh, in the midst of all the crowd and all the moment, slows down, listens, and has the disciples bring Bartimaeus to him. Now, Bartimaeus was blind and was a beggar. Now, um, you could say, well, you know, um, he couldn't work, and so that's why he was a beggar. Actually, he was, in a, he was a beggar in ancient Near Eastern culture because people were, were somewhat um, suspicious. I mean, if you had seen, which we know from uh, the scripture passage, that when he asks to be healed, uh, Lord, make me see again. Right? So if you were born with sight and found yourself blind, the rest of your community wondered, what happened to you? What did you do? Who did you offend? Was it your parents' sin that was carried out on you? Or was it your own sin that caused you to go from being sighted to blind? And so uh, Bartimaeus begs, um, not because he can't work, but because no one will get near him. No one will associate with him that he is ostracized and pushed off because they're not so sure that what happened to him won't catch and happen to them. Now, um, I really love the story of uh, blind Bartimaeus. I, I love uh, really good um, biblical commentaries. You know, the bigger, the better. Um, the more the fancy words, the better. Um, the more beautiful the illustrations, because I'm a simple person, the better. Uh, in fact, um, Amy bought this for me. It's probably my favorite biblical academic commentary. Feel free to laugh. I'm really working towards it. <laughs> And this one's Read Aloud Bible Stories, Volume 1. And I have the three other volumes as well. And inside this wonderful biblical commentary, you find the story of blind Bartimaeus. It's entitled, The Man Who Wanted to See. And what I love about this particular story is that the illustrations make it come alive. So you see a picture of uh, Bartimaeus far off, and it says Bartimaeus could hear the people walking. And then you see a picture of uh, trees. He could hear the trees wrestling. And you saw a picture of the city and he could hear the actions of the city, but he could not see any of it. And then um, uh, it says that blind Bartimaeus heard a crowd coming, heard that Jesus was with the crowd and cried out for Jesus, son of David, son of David. And Jesus comes to Bartimaeus and asks the question, what would you like for me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, just like the scripture, I want to see again. 
And when we look at the illustrations, you know, I, I'm a walking copyright infringement. I just snapped these pictures this week and there it is, right? And this is a picture of Bartimaeus and Jesus has reached out his hands and placed him on Bartimaeus's eyes and said, yes, you may see. And all at once, you see through Bartimaeus's eyes. And notice what you see. You see the trees that before only Bartimaeus could hear rustling, but now he sees them. And he can see the city where before all he could do was hear it. And he can hear and see the people in the crowd, whereas before he could only hear it. And the most powerful piece of the story of Bartimaeus as told through the great biblical commentary, read aloud Bible stories, is Bartimaeus can see Jesus. I find these illustrations powerful in telling the story of Bartimaeus's uh, renewed ability to see. Now, I find it interesting. Um, Jesus heals a lot of people, and he teaches a lot of people, and he feeds a lot of people. I mean, if you have been around the, the, the church set hearing sermons, you have heard that it's a pretty much a day-to-day -day opportunity that Jesus has to heal somebody. But how many times do you hear the name of the person who's healed. I mean, just like Myra's uh, children's moment, right? All, we are all the same, but some of, but we're also all different. All the healing stories are the same, but there's something different about this one. It's that there's a name. Why do we get a name of Bartimaeus? Now, there's a lot of stories about that, and um, academics you know, like to uh, pontificate about all of those things, but the one that I think is probably most valid and most important is that Bartimaeus has a name because after he is healed, he then follows Jesus. He follows Jesus in such a way that somehow after the resurrection story, we find Bartimaeus sitting in a pew, I imagine, being a part of the family of God, and so when Luke talks about Bartimaeus being healed, it's not like Bartimaeus that guy way back, but it's Bartimaeus. It's the one that sits on the back row. It's Bartimaeus, the one that always gives out uh, lollipops to the children. It's Bartimaeus who put in that last check that allowed us to send the youth to the mission trip. It's that Bartimaeus. That's one argument for why the scriptures tell us the man whom Jesus healed outside of Jericho to give him back his sight is named Bartimaeus. I think that the healing of sight and the topic of compassion go hand in hand. Um, I spent last week at annual conference, uh, we spent much time debating and voting on controversial issues. And at every moment I found that there is either, either the bishop or a district superintendent or someone would remind uh, those delegates who are about to vote to remember to vote with convicted humility. It's a strange set of words to put together. And the bishop talked about that in his opening sermon about how convicted humility is the recognition that, that we might be completely wrong, even though we seem to be so convinced. And so when engaging in discussion with those who are different from us, we should be convicted, not of our opinion, not of our vote, not of where things should go, but of the humility required in listening to those around us. Convicted humility. 
I think having renewed sight in Bartimaeus and having the ability to see those around us, not as adversaries, not as opponents, not as those who seem to think different than us, but rather as those who were created by God and that we might need to have convicted humility about listening to what they have to say is a powerful piece. Uh, compassion, right? We see Jesus having compassion in a number of places in Scripture. We, we see um, him having compassion for the people of Jerusalem um, after um, marching in to the uh, victorious um, uh, um, Palm Sunday crowd. He has compassion. Now, compassion itself, that word breaks down to suffer with. Uh, actually, in the Greek, um, it, it talks about, um, compassion is usually located right about here. That, that you feel compassion when, when this part of your body hurts, when you are suffering with. So compassion, I, I think um, Bartimaeus' story about having new sight is an opportunity for us to ask also to have new sight. Now, I was reading about compassion and sight and came about um, Martin Buber's, um, uh, he's a Jewish philosopher in the 1900s who writes about how we respect and care for others. It's centered around this concept called I thou. Buber says there are two ways that we relate to people. Uh, we relate either um, to, um, to things, right? Um, things that he would say are it's, like the book, right? Things that we interact with, we move them, we pick them up, we set them down. Um, we may use them uh, to uh, pay a bill um, or to identify ourselves. That the I, it, the ability to move inanimate, an, inanimate objects around is our ability to manipulate the world. But Buber says that when we encounter other people, when we begin to interact with other persons, that we don't move them around and utilize them. We don't decide how we're going to uh, use them to get our own ends like we might with the book. But when we interact with others, it's no longer a manipulation, but it's an opportunity to relate and to experience. You see, the book stays the same all day long, but those around us that we relate to change and grow. They, evolve, they um, uh, mature in their discipleship. They ask for forgiveness. We might even ask for forgiveness from them. That this I-thou relationship that Martin Buber talks about is also how we relate to God. That God isn't a thing to get our way, but rather God is a divine person that we interact with. Now, it's fair to say that maybe some of you think that those around you, you've known them long enough that there is no change in them. Well, I, I want to say that um, after 20 years of wedded bliss, we celebrated May 23rd, I can say to you that Amy is different, that every morning, every week, every opportunity, that there is a surprise in our relationship as we learn and grow together. And I'm pretty sure if you caught her after the service, she'd say that I'm still surprising her along the way. That I-thou opportunity, that when we decide that others are a means to an end, when we decide that they are only as useful as the money in our pocket or the tools in our toolbox or the things that we can do with them, then we have failed to have compassion for those around us. That compassion comes 
when we begin to treat those around us as not things, but people. Not things to use, but people to relate to, to grow with, to grow in, and to mature. I think the story of compassion, the story of cultivating compassion in our own lives is an important next step in our faith journey with Christ. Now, these days, you can Google stories about compassion, and you can trip over 20 of them easily on the first page of your Google results. A couple of years ago, um, I had researched for a a similar series, and I uh, happened upon a story of a little league baseball team. This little league baseball team had one particular member who had been diagnosed with leukemia and was required to have treatment. And the treatment itself caused the young boy to lose all of his hair. Now, if you think about Augie and the movie of Wonder, or if you just think about the nature of people around us, it'd be easy for his teammates to single him out, to ridicule him, to make fun of them. But instead, they made sure that he was at every game and at every practice. Even though he physically couldn't play, he had a set place in the dugout where he would always be. And his teammates went even one step further than that, not just including him in the season, but they had a day where they all got together and shaved their heads to be in solidarity with their teammate who'd lost his hair because of treatment. We want to get closer to compassion. We want to get closer to convicted humility. That compassion is the willingness to see differently. Bartimaeus is able to have compassion to be able to follow Jesus because Jesus has caused him to see differently. And though you and I may have no problems seeing the trees or the city or the people or the colors in front of us, I believe a first step in cultivating compassion is to ask, to invite Jesus to open our eyes that we might see so that we can see those around us with convicted humility so that no longer we see our opponents or adversaries as those who are things that we need to move out of the way, but rather they become full human beings, people who might help us grow and change, might help us mature in our discipleship. Because when we open our eyes, we begin to see We begin to see people who are fallible. We see people who are compassionate, people who are loving. We also begin to see people who need to be forgiven. And maybe we might actually open our eyes and to see Jesus in those around us, or even to see Jesus in ourselves. Cultivating compassion with a sense of wonder, embracing the idea of convicted humility. I want to invite you to join us on the journey over the next couple of Sundays as we look hard at what it means to cultivate compassion. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.